0: Neighbor disputes, they're usually pretty minor, like loud music, barking dogs, maybe blocking a driveway.
1: But that's all petty suburban nitpicking that's easily resolved. If you landed on today's list though, it means you're someone who doesn't understand simple conflict resolution. Nope, you have taken your anger to deadly levels that
0: have tarnished any sense of neighborly behavior.
1: Make sure to give your next door neighbors a friendly wave today and bring those garbage cans inside because after this episode, we're all gonna tread a little more lightly.
0: Hey, all you weirdos.
1: Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods.
0: This episode, we're counting down the top 10 bad neighbors.
1: I'm a great neighbor, unless you take advantage of the fact That I am a great neighbor. I can attest to that. Right? You know that. Yeah. Do you remember my neighbors in my last apartment? (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. I knew exactly where this was going as soon as we got this. You know exactly what I'm going through. This huge party... In the middle of the week, mm-hmm. late at night, it was like college kids. Hundreds of kids walking down my street in front of my apartment building. Actual hundreds. Screaming about Taco Bell. There yep. was one girl <laughs> I will screaming never forget about Taco her. Bell. I mean, they were throwing stuff at cars. It was like becoming, it was mayhem. They and were terrible. On top of this, we had newborn twins at the time. I was ready to go nuclear. <laughs> I almost did. I was like I was
0: kind of looking forward to seeing you running out into those streets to try to wrangle the college kids. I was I was this close. I'm like I'm I feel the same way because I'm the kind of neighbor who will like wave hello. Maybe I'll like bake you some cookies from time to time. I will not do that. Yeah, we know. No. <laughs> I'll not do that. About me, back it to is. me. It's I'll do that. You. I'll bake you some cookies you will. and say, "Hey, until you start making crazy amounts of noise and then picture it, me, 2 a.m., walking to the broom closet, definitely about to go get the broom to bang on the ceiling (laughs) and ruin your stupid party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm also gonna be watching out my window with all the lights off if the cops show up at your place and I'm going to know all the details by dawn, sorry. But at least
0: you've never (laughs) murdered anybody and then showed up at your neighbors, like hoping that they would cover for you. No, I haven't done any of that. I'm glad. Yeah. Because that's very unlike the people on this list. Elena has five bad neighbors and so do I, but neither of us knows who will take the uh, homemade cake at
1: the end. (laughs) Let's start the countdown.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some,
1: I'll start us off with number 10, former LAPD officer and terrible neighbor, Ersie Henry. From IMDB, this is the plot to the movie Lakeview Terrace, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Based on a true story, a troubled and racist African-American LAPD officer will stop at nothing to force out a friendly interracial couple who just moved in next door to him. And it's the true story of Ursi Henry that this movie is based on. In 2005, Henry was let go from the LAPD, following numerous complaints from his neighbors about his behavior. Henry, who is a black man, disliked the idea of his neighbors being a mixed race couple. He harassed them, damaged property, and even violated a restraining order. That's terrible. I also remember this movie now that I I'm do thinking too. about it. I was as trying to s- remember it. As soon as he started going through it, I was like, oh, I know that. So in 2001, he made a pretty petty move. Henry started using a blower to blow leaves into his neighbor's yard. That's just so That's annoying. Just annoying. That's just being like, come on, come on. But then there was a bigger petty move. Henry hired a surveyor to prove his neighbor's fence was on his property. This resulted in the neighbor's insurance company paying him $6,500. For a fence? For a fence, but like part of a fence being on his property. That is ridiculous. Henry even directed his harassment at the neighbor's children. Oh, which no. Which is just like pure hate. That's like, just that's not terrible. okay. Yeah, you don't go after kids. Henry shouted taunts and racial slurs at the family, and eventually admitted that he used police computers to obtain information about them. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Ugh, that gives me the... Ugh, I don't like that. No. 9.
0: At number 9 is Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan's damn tree. <laughs> In 2011, during some particularly epic Santa Ana winds, a eucalyptus tree on Billy Corgan's property fell over and damaged his next-door neighbor's home after allegedly being told that the tree was problematic. <laughs> A problematic I'm tree. So, I love how it I'm began. I'm so
1: interested in this.
0: His neighbors happened to be Eric Dane, McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy, and Rebecca Gayheart. Oh, okay.
1: The best. His neighbors just happened to be. I love that so much.
0: <laughs> Dane was not home when the tree fell, which caused power line damage and water damage inside the house. Ooh. And Gayheart was pregnant at the time and was home with the couple's toddler. Oh, that that's scary. Must have been absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Dane claimed he'd asked Corgan previously to take care of the tree and that Corgan knew that it was a problem.
1: I had no idea of this feud. I'm living. Neither did I.
0: I'm like, why wasn't this in people?
1: I'm living. Now,
0: Corgan's insurance company settled the financial issues, but the celebs were embroiled in a legal battle for years, allegedly because Dane felt Corgan was not sufficiently remorseful about what had happened. Eventually, they settled out of court.
1: All right, I guess you're sorry. (laughs) Okay,
0: you're sorry enough. Let's go. Eight.
1: Number eight on our countdown of bad neighbors is the 18-inch property line Hitman. What a name. In 2000, William Wiseman moved into a home in the Lake of the Pines community in Nevada County, California. After moving in, he noticed his neighbors, Thomas and Lisa Wess, had a pier and deck structure that encroached 18 inches onto his property. So he did what any logical neighbor would do. He tried to hire a hitman to kill them. I feel like that doesn't even solve the problem. I feel like that escalated so quickly. More than quickly. So quickly. Within the blink of an eye. Now, this is a lake community, so it was a pier and deck structure that had been a part of the Wess's home for roughly 20 years before William moved in next door, which makes it even more frustrating. It's like, we've yeah, like, been there for 20 years. Exactly. Like, we've been here. Why is it bothering you? William got the homeowners association involved after moving in, and they were sort of on his side. They started fining the Wess's $150 per week until they moved the deck off the property which they don't pay.
0: Honestly, I feel like I wouldn't pay that either
1: because I'd be like, well, it wasn't a problem for the last 20 years. That's what would infuriate me. It's like for 20 years, you've said nothing about this and it hasn't been an issue. And then this guy moves in. Right. And suddenly you want your money, no. And it sounds like he never even asked them like nicely to move it off the property, which I feel like they would have done. And also just stop being a stick in the mud. Ugh. You wet blanket. How about we share? Yeah, share this. just share. It's a late community, it's yeah. community. Community, William. There's no I in community except there is. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) spelling matters aside, William takes matters to the extreme. He gets arrested after giving an undercover police officer $5,000 to kill his neighbors for not moving the deck. Yeah, he needs to seek help. That's a lot. He was sentenced to five years in prison from two charges of soliciting for hire.
0: Five years. See, that's the thing. It's like attempted murder. Like that's crazy. But if it had
1: worked, you would get more. So why don't you just get more to begin with? And it's like it's it's right on that level. Cause it's like, yeah, you weren't gonna do it yourself, but you were willing to pay someone else to do it. That's exactly. insane. And like who's to say you're not gonna do that in five years? It's crazy. Well, Thomas Wess has filed a lofty lawsuit against the Lake of the Pines Association for not taking care of this matter way back in the day before the new neighbor moved in and snapped. I am so on his side. Good for them. Good. I'm on the Wess's side. I hope they win that lawsuit. Justice for the Wesses. And I hope it's hefty.
2: Seven.
0: at number seven this week is wesley james perez the wannabe comic who inexplicably shot his elderly neighbor perez is accused of shooting and killing his 92 year old neighbor fernando frias in march 2020. people who know perez say they were shocked and his behavior the day of the murder raises even more questions and worse we don't have a motive what and it is always scarier without a motive billy loomis yes Perez was trying to make it as a comedian. His social media was filled with bizarre, quote, nonsensical comedy sketches. According to the police report, Frias was shot and killed inside his own home at about 3 p.m. The shooter, Perez, then calls 911 from his own house next door. He's incoherent and then hangs up on the operator. Hmm, so police respond to Perez's home, where he's uncooperative, and then jumps in his pool fully clothed. He's hospitalized out of concern by police, but police had no idea he'd committed a homicide next door until Fernando Frias' family came to check on him later that evening. This is like heartbreaking. This is horrific. Now, Perez apparently posted on Instagram after the murder with the caption, quote, pray for me, stuff just got real. What? Though stuff was really a curse word. It was. In his initial court appearance, Perez represented himself, which is just never a good plan. No. And as always- Just ask Ted Bundy. It didn't go well. He was charged with first degree premeditated murder. Good. That's out of control. It really is so scary here that there was no motive. And 92 years old. I know.
1: Six. Also on our list at number six is the murder of Ann Hoover in Pittsburgh, PA. In March, 1997, Ann Hoover and her neighbor, Roy Kirk, didn't show up for a court hearing. The case had to do with Roy's crumbling row house, which was connected to Ann's row house. When police went to the residence, they found Roy dismembering Ann Hoover's body. Oh my, bet you didn't see that one, (laughs) coming. certainly did not. Apparently, the two did get along mostly, at least in the eyes of some. Roy helped Anne with renovations on her place, but she also alerted the city to the issues with Roy's house. So that's a little strange. Yeah. Neighbors say he was uncooperative about his own upkeep. He had $50,000 in fines against him from the city for the rotting porches and crumbling foundation he hadn't fixed. See, that also sounds like you should get that fixed for, like, your own personal safety. Yeah, just safety reasons. Over time, Roy bore a hole through a common cellar wall in order to get inside Anne's home where he killed her and then brought her body back in his basement through the hole. That's the most terrifying I thing do that I do remember this case. Ever heard. Yeah, I've heard of it. Horrifying. Police found Roy in the middle of cutting her body up to dispose of it.
3: Oh ah! my God.
1: Not getting out of that one, at least. And then in the 12 minutes it took to drive Roy from the murder scene to the police station, he got his belt free from his pants and hung himself in the police van. Wow. What? That's insane. I don't even have words right now. I cannot. That last one. I can't like that just sent me. The mer- I I don't even know what to say about it. I know. The fact that they walked in right in the middle of everything. Right. And then they opened the back of the police van. And it's like they seem to get along. So like where why did this happen? Yeah, like you just is got off here. mad all of a sudden? That's so messed up. If that's number six, like what are we in for? And you know what, I'm still saying justice for the Wesses. I'm still on that train. I'm on their side. I'm on that train for life. And I still love that Rebecca Gayhart made an appearance. I do too. Urban legend is where it's at.
3: Hi, it's Vanessa from ParCast, and I'm here to tell you about my new 10-episode limited series, Obituaries. They're some of the most iconic figures of all time, celebrated in death for their individual achievements and impact on society. But in life, the relationships they kept tell a different story, one of unexpected connections that yielded extraordinary change. Every Wednesday on Obituaries, join my co-host Carter and me as we explore the shared legacies of prolific pairs from the past, from the mutual traumas of entertainers Marilyn Monroe and Ella Fitzgerald to the unlikely admiration between visionaries Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla. Each episode of Obituaries digs deep into the lasting impressions made between two legendary figures and how their entanglements changed the course of history. These meaningful duos may have passed on, but the profound effect they had on each other and us will live on forever. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Obituaries. Listen free only on Spotify.
1: Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of bad neighbors. Starting
0: off the second half of our list, Donald Easley from Grants Pass, Oregon. Easley killed his neighbor, Laren Estes, on September 7th, 2013, over what's been called, quote, the fence from hell, which separated their yards. But the sad news is, Estes isn't the first neighbor easily is shot and killed. Jeez, don't move in next to him. And also, what is the deal with everybody getting mad about, like, small property things? Seriously, like fences? That always astounds me. I would me. just never get
1: that upset about something like this. Like,
0: it's fine. I'd be just, like, oh man, like, great fence. It's I'm, on my property, who cares? Yeah,
1: just shovel part of my driveway sometimes and I'll feel good about it.
0: Exactly. All bygones be bygones. It's a given. <laughs> to how I feel. Now, the fence from hell consisted of pallet wood, chicken wire, black plastic, and barbed wire. Like, a very fancy fence. Uh, couldn't you just kick it down? Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> just go over
1: and blow on it a little bit, and a it'll staple fall? staple in the neighborhood. <laughs> Apparently.
0: Now, Easley claimed self-defense, saying that Estes attacked him, but the deputy prosecutor on the case said that Estes had backed his pickup truck to the fence to make some repairs. Oh, well, yeah obviously. got that fence. Yeah, sounds like it. He saw Eastley pull out his gun and tried to run, but was shot trying to get away. That's gonna really throw a wrench in your self-defense. It is. <laughs> now, it had been a year and a half of disputes starting when Estes unplugged a security light of Eastley's that was disturbing his sleep. Oh, I would be angry at that. I'd be Don't real mad at that. Don't you dare take out my security lights. Do not mess Don't with my, it. like, My happiness, my
1: my high-tech security. Exactly.
0: There were also complaints against Eastley about cats, chihuahuas, garbage, and the use of a leaf blower at strange
1: times of the day. So I, I just have to ask: Is all this at once chihuahuas, garbage, and a leaf blower all together? And also cats, please. Okay, I'm sorry, I forgot the cats. Probably
0: all at once. I would assume that'd be distressing. What a strange mix. Estes and his wife lived on a property previously occupied by Kenneth Vaughn, a neighbor that in 2009 easily also fatally shot. Stop doing that! Like easily. number number one, that's terrible. And Number two, I think you just don't like neighbors. Yeah, I think we uh, there's a pattern here. I can't put my finger on it. There's a pattern here, and I think there's a property for you somewhere far, far away. Yeah, off the grid. Like you need to Ron Swanson it out in the wilderness. Exactly, and you'll be so happy. But prior to his own death, Estes even put up a sign pointing at Eastley's house that said, murderer. Oh, jeez. Which is like, oh, wow, that's weird foreshadowing also. That's that's a bold move. It is. The 2009 killing was ruled self-defense. The Estes case was not and Eastley was sent to prison. Good. Like, thank God. Because jeez. And clearly that was not self-defense. There was a buildup there. Dude's dangerous.
1: Landing at number four this week is the Minnesota deer feeding dispute. All right. <laughs> the reason is as dumb as it sounds. A Minnesota man, Neil Zunberg, shot and killed his neighbor Todd, mainly based on the anger he had from a long-standing dispute that Todd fed the deer in the front yard. And then Neil decided to lie in court about it. <laughs> like, he was mad that he fed the deer. Yeah, that's just a nice thing to do. So Todd Stevens and his partner Jennifer had a habit of feeding the nearby deer. That sounds adorable. Sounds wholesome and delightful. Truly. I want to know them. Neil Zumberg and his wife Paula hated it. Hated it. Made Why? Made so mad. Why? Because the deer lived on their land. So? During the trial, Neil said Paula confronted Jennifer and he hid outside with the gun because he feared for his wife's safety. I doubt all of that. Because when you're going to talk about feeding deer, things are going to get crazy real fast. Escalation. So you got to bring a gun to make sure everything's okay. That's insane. That's ridiculous. He said Todd had come outside and reached for something in his pocket, which turned out to be a cell phone. Neil then said he meant to fire once, but the gun kept going off. Yeah, sure. I've heard that as an excuse a few times in cases. Like, I I fired once, but then it just kept going off. And it's like, where are these, like, animated guns coming from? Yeah, I think Betty Broderick said that. From, like, cartoons (laughs) that are just like, bing, bang, boom. I didn't mean to. (laughs) Like, sentient guns that just keep going. But then during his sentencing, he backtracked, stating, the shooting didn't happen like I said. That the gun kept going off. That's not true. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> like, no way. That I saw him reaching for his cell phone, which I thought was a gun. That's really not the truth. That was the result of coaching I received. <gasps> so he's like, yeah, the gun didn't just keep going off by itself. And also, I didn't think he was reaching for anything. I just shot him. Someone told me to say that. That's so messed like, up. Wow. Also, who told you to say that? Wow. And what made him just admit that that was untrue. He probably got mad at the person that told him to say that. Well, he then said he never meant to hurt Jennifer, but accidentally shot her while he was aiming at the couple's house, intending to hurt their dog. Why are you trying to hurt their dog now? Oh, okay, crazy. And also what what are you doing? You think that makes this better? Like I'm gonna sit there and be like, oh, you just wanted to shoot a dog? Oh, that's no problem. Come on, Neil. The neighbors had been friendly for years before any of this, which is shocking. That's crazy. Neil Sunberg is now spending the rest of his life in prison where he belongs, overfeeding deer. That's ridiculous. Imagine having to say that too in prison. It's not a good look.
2: Three.
0: Number three on our countdown of bad neighbors is the Florida feud. Always Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Two neighbors in Titusville, Florida, Billy Woodward and Gary Hembry, lived across from each other for years. But things turned sour when a birthday gift left on the porch for Billy's daughter went missing. He blamed Gary, and things turned deadly. Uh Uh-oh. Now, Billy is a Gulf War vet with a history of PTSD. And Gary started exploiting that to harass him, which is really messed up that, and disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty beyond. So already we're off to a horrible start. Gary also got two friends involved, Roger, who was staying with him, and Tim, another neighbor on the street. They called the city and had Billy's pet chickens taken away, Aww. which that's not fair. It's really sad. Then neighbors claim that Billy brandished a weapon at them. Billy's father installed cameras around the house, so most of the back and forth is caught on tape. Police can even be seen showing up, but never helping to defuse the situation. Good job. Yeah, we love that. Awesome. Things escalated on Labor Day weekend 2012, and it got deadly. Billy opened fire on the trio that he'd been fighting with. Gary and Roger were killed, and Tim was shot 11 times, but survived. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Billy argued that he was defending himself within Florida's Stand Your Ground law, but a judge disagreed. He was found guilty of murder in 2018. It's a sad case of anger from both sides, just getting beyond out of hand. Yeah, that's like a really sad case. It is. It did not have to
1: go that way. Neil Zundberg takes the cake for reasons reasons and just like absolute petty bs and i just love that him and his wife were just enraged like fired up whenever they would see them feeding deer it's ridiculous it's like, what How, who hurt you i also that upsets you
0: will never be over the fence from hell <laughs> And also, I would like to see pictures, please. Yes,
1: I need to see that because it sounded like the fence from hell. It it did. It sounded like worse somehow. It really did. So I need to see it. It kind of sounded like a Dybbuk box. Yeah, yeah. But in fence form. A a Dybbuk fence. (laughs) Yes. I don't know what's number one, but
0: I know what number two is. I'm excited for number two.
1: two. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of bad neighbors. At number two is Robert Durst, the wealthy real estate heir who dismembered his neighbor. I was wondering if he was going to be on this list. Yeah, I was like, he was a pretty bad neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) And when I
0: didn't see him, I actually wrote it down to get the
1: podcast research cards. But you can't get him. No. Durst was living in Galveston, Texas, in 2001, when he claimed he came home and found his neighbor, Morris Black, in his home, uninvited. By the end of the night, Morris was dead. There's a lot missing from that story. There's a lot. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, I don't know. He was just in my house. (laughs) He was just there, and I don't know what happened. Durst admitted to killing and dismembering Black, and his lawyers successfully argued it was self-defense but the dismembering, they said, was done while he was drunk and in a traumatized state of mind caused by undiagnosed mental health issues. Durst claimed that he was afraid Black was going to shoot him with a gun and the two men wrestled over it until it accidentally went off, shooting Black in the face. At the time, Durst was living in a $300 a month apartment and was disguising his identity by posing as a woman named Dorothy who did not speak. If you watched the jinx- I was gonna say, this is taking you all back. And if you haven't, you're probably like, I need a, like, excuse me, what? Ex- Give me a roadmap here, watch the jinx. It'll tell so you. So good. A young boy found Black's torso floating in Galveston Bay. A diving team recovered the limbs wrapped up in garbage bags. Investigators tracked everything back to Durst's address and uncovered the fact that Dorothy was actually Durst. Morris Black's head, was never found. Which I feel like happens so much. I know it does. It like is very unsettling. And I need to know why. It's unsettling how many heads are just around without bodies. Yeah. I don't like it. And where are all the heads? So it was never found, which made Durst's claims he was shot unable to be confirmed or denied. Durst was acquitted. According to the LA Times, he later pleaded guilty to jumping bond, evidence tampering, and taking a gun across state lines. He served five and a half months, then he was jailed again for violating his parole. He's truly a mess. The Morris Black thing is such a mystery. It really is. Because you know that it definitely didn't go down how he yeah, said it. Yeah, that's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, it's like, a bunch of malarkey. What did happen? Come on, Robert Durst, speak.
2: One.
0: And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 bad neighbors. Dennis Rader. B-T-K. Dennis. Yeah, it's, it's a lot here. It's rare to hear of serial killers killing so close to home but on April 27th, 1985, Raider snuck into 53-year-old Marine Hedges' home, just a few doors down from his own home, and strangled her to death. He is the worst. I hate him so much. Now, a sergeant on the case, Tom Lee, testified that Raider then removed Hedges' body from the
1: home and took it to his church. This, Kate, this one is, I mean, they're all horrific. This one is such next level. It's wild. At
0: the church, he had already prepared a space with black plastic liner and took bondage photos of her before leaving the body in a ditch. Unreal. It's just horrible. Raider, who had a habit of naming each of his planned murders as if they were like top secret missions, referred to Hedge as Project Cookie. I have never wanted to punch someone
1: in the face more. In if my we could all just get tickets to like line up and punch yeah. him in the face, I would buy 20. I think someone would make a lot of money. Seriously. Let's like, put it, honestly, bring it to like a charity. We could make a charity a lot of money. I love
0: it. Sergeant Tom Lee also testified, quote, he stated to me that if he could really pull it off right by his house, it would really be a biggie. Gross. Like, ew. Gross. And, quote, he told me it was really bad for a guy to knock one of the neighbors off. It's not good for a serial killer because you don't want to kill in your own habitat. <sighs> It's like, it's like like Dennis you think just stop. You think so that you're like so just like above it all, and you That's, like your master
1: plans and your hidey holes. It's like you get like a life. His sparky bit big, big times, so and like you're using terms like habitat yeah exactly stop like ugh. stop just go away do i agree that you're like a subterranean species sure absolutely but go drink your but water stop. elsewhere yeah water tm no now hedges
0: home sold in 2013 at auction an advertisement for the auction disclosed that it had been the location of a btk murder the house sold for under the asking price you don't say which i feel like goes without saying yeah Raider's house down the street was purchased by the city after he was arrested and confessed to the murders and the city had it torn down, which thank God, yeah. Before Raider was identified as BTK, neighbors did not particularly like him. No, they did not. He was an ordinance enforcement officer who sometimes measured the grass in neighbor's lawns to ensure that it had not grown too long. 100% that is who he is. If I ever saw anybody in my, <laughs> front, lo- in, in my front yard with like a measuring tape, I would lose my yeah. mind.
1: He also was like, he used to, you know, call on people for having their dogs out and yeah. all that. Yeah, he tried he to get like, people's dogs. dogs taken away. He was the worst. Yeah, he sucked big time. Can you imagine being Dennis Rader's neighbor? No. No. No way, Jose. No, thank you. BTK is 100% the worst neighbor.
0: (laughs) Numero uno. (laughs) Number
1: one. You know what
0: was left off? What? Seth Rogen's neighbor... Zach Efron in the movie Neighbors or Bad Neighbors. I don't remember. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. <laughs> you I, you I really got something. <laughs> you really got them. <laughs> Hear that, Parcast Research Cods? We gotcha. 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 No, seriously, though, I couldn't think of anything that they Yeah, that was off. a great list. I didn't. It's weird. I didn't even think of Robert Durst. I know, right? But he's like a really bad neighbor. One one might say the worst. One of the worst, for sure. next to BTK. This was a crazy one. And again, I can't stop thinking about the friends from hell. So thank you for bringing that into my life. Yeah, I'm going to go Google that. So bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter.
0: And if you like us, which we hope you do, you can follow Morbid Podcast on Instagram and Amorbid Podcast on Twitter. And we definitely want you to be a good neighbor like all the way through the rest of your life, but particularly until we bring you a new episode
1: on Monday. Don't move in next to me. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristin Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact-checking by Kara Mackerlien. Research by Ambika Chotera. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristin Acevedo, and Jonathan
0: Ratliff. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash and Alina
3: Urquhart. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast. If you enjoy our in-depth profiles on historical figures and famous fates, you'll love my new limited series, Obituaries. Every Wednesday on Spotify, join me and my co-host Carter as we explore the unlikely bonds forged between two meaningful figures from the past, and discover how those relationships impacted the future. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Obituaries. Listen weekly, free and only on Spotify.